Welcome to this special edition of the Bench Pro Sports Podcast. We're covering everything about the NBA playoffs and the NBA action prior to the NBA playoffs starting. I'm your host, Wesley Splain. Joining me is Brandon Farrell after catching passes from Tom Brady. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on? It feels good. Training camp has started. NBA playoffs are in full effect. Life is good. Yeah, Brandon was unable to join us on Monday, so we're going to talk everything basketball, which, by the way, off topic here, I just want to get a quick opinion about your uh, Big Ten and back Pac-12 stance. I know we gave Ant the report, and Ant kind of broke the news on our podcast. So what was your general thoughts about them actually going through with that? Um, I mean, I saw it coming, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't like it at all. Um, I mean, like like we discussed on, a, on an earlier podcast, there's no structure. There's no there's nobody leading. There's no leadership there. It's just a free for all, and you know everyone's making decisions on their own. So I mean, it's 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 a mess right now, and I feel bad for the guys that aren't going to get the opportunity to to play this season and showcase their talent, and that's going to affect the NFL draft and all that obviously for next season as well. Yeah, Big Ten commissioner came out said. Uh... They're not going to change their decision. But then also the NCAA was like, oh, this year doesn't count for eligibility. So you got that at least. But if you have that option to go to the NFL, you might as well go. Right. But, I mean, if it's not going to count for eligibility, then what? You have to play another year. You have to stay in college another year and play another year? Or I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. What it, there is that one rule for the NFL. You have to play three years in college. So I don't know. That will be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the fact that they that they canceled it. I mean, there's there was no majority rules or anything. It's just, yeah, we're not doing it. Yeah, it's yeah. the two conferences, and I feel like the Big Ten was just expecting everyone to pile onto their decision, and then the Big Twelve, the ACC, and then the SEC were like, nope, we're still going. Yeah, full full steam ahead. Well, you know what, man? I could see kids transferring for the, you know. Um, That's why I other- said I think. I think recruiting and transferring is going to be a big part for those Southern schools. A hundred percent. So, I mean, they're going to have an advantage, obviously. And I think a lot of kids will transfer because they want to play. Yeah, like Miami's recruiting class is starting to become strong. Like we could see the U part three. But anyway, let's get into the NBA. This is what we came here for. The NBA playoffs have been absolutely amazing. It came down to uh, the wire for the eighth seed in the West. The poor Phoenix Suns, they won every single game, but due to the tiebreakers and everything, Portland had the tiebreaker against them, and they were uh, nicked from the competition, which I felt was kind of disrespectful to the Phoenix Suns, who finished 8-0. But anywho, the Blazers played the Grizzlies. They beat them uh, pretty good, so the Blazers ended up matching up with the Lakers. Is Damian Lillard literally the best player? We'll get into it later with this Lakers series, but like, I, I don't know what kind of juice he's been drinking, but he's just been knocking down 50 and 60 pointers and threes from everywhere. 50 and 60 pointers. I mean, like, literally, he had three games of 50-plus points. Yeah, he um, – uh, right now, I mean, I heard Stephen A. Smith say it this morning. Um, he's, he's, he's the best player in the NBA right now. I mean, it, the NBA playoffs is day and time. I mean – it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the Trailblazers for the past few years have shown a pattern of you. They you don't want to you don't want to play them in the first round of the playoffs because it's it, it's not going to end well for you with the way Damian Lillard plays. I mean, the guy is clutch. 
He's absolutely clutch. He cannot. You see, he shoots from 13, 14 feet behind the arc, and it's just a, it's an everyday shot for him. I mean, he's he shoots like Steph Curry. Yeah, but so throughout, throughout the season, I mean, he's very underrated. I think Damian Lillard, and he showcases yeah. that in the playoffs. I think he's he's like Steph Curry, but with like that um, clutch factor. I don't know if Steph Curry's really clutch. I mean, in the finals, there's times where he just misses threes when it comes to the end of the games, but it seems like. With five minutes left, Damian Lillard just like makes every single shot. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he does. He's absolutely a hundred percent clutch. Poor Phoenix, man. I mean, Devin Booker was going crazy, and I feel like he was like the second best player in this bubble. And Phoenix, right now, they got a lot to look forward to in their future. They got a lotto pick now, depending on how the NBA lottery works. And they got they got a lot of young pieces on that roster. It's just Devin Booker for them. He, he can really freaking play. Yeah, you don't want to sleep on Phoenix at all. I mean, Devin Booker, he showcased it this season. Even it, once they came into the bubble, he, he was still playing extremely well. And, I mean, he's still got talent around him. I mean, the Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns are turning it over. They have time to grow. And I could see them being a playoff team next year. And they get if DeAndre Ayton plays to the level like he played at Arizona, that they could be scary. Because that 100%. that guy, it's kind of kind of was wasn't he the first overall pick in his draft? Ayton. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, because the Suns had the number one pick, right? I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. So he was. Yeah. They get him going, and then possibly another like wing piece that can lay off the. Um, Gives a little Devin Booker a rest. I think they could be a really good playoff team, but that West is like the Western Conference is absolutely stacked too with young players everywhere. They are. I mean, both sides are the, the way I look at it right now. I think both both sides are evenly stacked. Um, I mean, there's a lot of young guys in the East that are that are standout players too. I mean, look at look at Tatum for the Celtics. I mean, he's taken over right. the team. Oh yeah, but I'm saying. When it comes to multiple teams, there's lesser teams in the East than in the West when it comes to uh, spots for competition. Right, right. So with the NBA playoffs coming back, that means fantasy sports are back. And Best Bros and Thrive Fantasy have a great partnership going on. And Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. So go ahead and play some fantasy along. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on the likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Bet on your favorite players or players you think will have an exceptional game from the top leagues, from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and more, including eSports. How about that? So rack up uh, the most points to win some of the prize pools that they have, some great prize pools, for, especially for golf. Um, download the app and visit FryFantasy.com or just go to the bottom of our webpage, um, benchbrosports.com for the link. Use promo code BENCHBROS and receive a $20 bonus for your first deposit of $20 or more. Best of luck to all and have fun. And if you go on Thrive Fantasy and just bet on Damian Lillard to hit every over, I think you're going to be pretty much uh, a rich man very soon. Oh, yeah. You'll be, you'll yeah. be safe. You'll be safe. <laughs> you definitely will. So let's get into the first round um, of the NBA playoffs. Some exciting games so far and some overtime games, too, which the first game was the Jazz and the Nuggets, which I think that's an amazing series uh, because the teams are so evenly matched. 
Uh, Nuggets took the first game, and today they played earlier, and the uh, Jazz won by 20 points. Um, Dev, or who was it? Donovan Mitchell had 57 points in the first game, and he's another guy that can absolutely ball. Uh, Raptors beat the Nets on Monday in game one, 134 to 110, and then they beat them earlier today. The Nets had a lead, but then the Raptors came back and took it, so they have a 2-0 series over the Nets. Um, Celtics won game one against the Sixers, and right now they're winning winning by 19, 18? Yeah, 18 points in game two. Um, the Clippers outlasted the Mavericks, but some reason Kristaps Porzingis was ejected in the first game. Um, Clippers barely won against the Mavericks, 118 to 110. They play later tonight. And then over on Tuesday, Magic upset the Bucks, 122 to 110. The Heat outlasted the Pacers in a, a three for all, basically. Um, the Rockets pl- beat the uh, Thunder, even though Russell Westbrook wasn't playing. And the Trailblazers upset the Lakers, and Dame time absolutely went off and literally hit a uh, three from the logo in the middle of the court. So <laughs> let's talk about um, the Eastern Conference for a second here. We'll start off with that one because it seems like that's going to be a three-team race between the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Bucks. But, I mean, the Bucks have struggled the whole entire time they've been in the bubble. Giannis just seems like he hasn't been going. I mean, they had a good first game, but then after that, it's just been very, very um, soft for them. And then the Magic ends up catching them sleeping. So are the Magic really going to pull off the upset here or the Bucks kind of cakewalking? It's hard to say, um, but I mean, the Bucks have just kind of just they, they haven't been the Bucks. So like you said, since they came into the bubble. Um, so you know what? Honestly, honestly, I could see the Magic taking it from the Bucks. I could see them sweeping the carpet up. Really? Feet. Yeah. I can. Wow. I mean, look, there, there's no, there's really no home team or home court advantage. But Orlando is playing in Orlando right now. True. And wait, do you say they, sweep? Oh yeah, they could take the rug from out under their feet. They could sweep it out from under their feet. Come on, man. Man, no, I thought you meant like four game sweep for them, man. Uh, I don't see a four-game sweep. I think the Bucks. <laughs> That's what I said. Down. Yeah, I, I think the Bucks are going to go down swinging. Um, but I mean, you know, things could change. Giannis could pick it up, but he, he just looked lackadaisical. You could see it in his in his game and his facial expression when he's playing. He's just he doesn't seem to be a hundred percent in the game like he was last year when he won MVP. Yeah. So I, I mean, t- take it for what you will, but I I, I mean the Magic kind of have an advantage because they're playing in Orlando um, and the Bucks. I just, they're not, they're not the Bucks from last year. Yeah. Chris Middleton kind of um, has been playing up to the same level that he did last year. And then um, you had like Lopez as a good role player, I guess when it comes to it, Giannis kind of has to be a little bit more of a leader. Cause it seemed like the energy when they were just trying to come back that, Orlando just had a full swing, and the Bucks were not able to capture any of that. They were just lackadaisical. That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah, and I guess like you, Giannis is the vocal point of that team. He has to get at least thirty or something. But I mean, Grant Hill's got to step up a little bit more. Um, I already said Chris Middleton, Bledsoe too. Eric Bledsoe, they got to get him rolling. I mean, at least like some multiple packages to where you got to 
worry about multiple guys. And if you just double team Giannis, it's going to be kind of hard for him to go. Another Especially when you go deeper, when you have to play either Boston or Miami or uh, Toronto or even Indiana. Yeah. Uh, I mean, another thing too, Boston or not Boston, Milwaukee, I mean, they don't really have shooters. They don't really have perimeter shooters either. Yeah. You know, and that's why they're struggling too. Um, I mean, it, it would, it, right now, my favorite, the, the best games to watch right now are the one and the eight seed playing each other in, in both in both conferences. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, this shocked a lot of people. The spread was at 14 before the game started. And next thing you know, like, the Magic pretty much covered that spread playing against them. Yeah. It's I don't know. Maybe they'll win game two, the Bucs will, but. It might be concerning because, like, imagine if they win this series and then they have to go to the next round. They'll probably have to play either the winners of the Heat and the Pacers. And for some, the Heat just, they have a lot of players that can hit from down deep. And they play defense pretty well with Jimmy Butler there. You would think Jimmy Butler would be on Giannis and clamp him down. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I mean, the way that the Bucks have been playing in the bubble, I mean, I, I thought that they would come back into the season and, and come out strong, but... It just doesn't seem to be showing that way. Yeah, everyone thought they would. But right now, for me, the team that looks like, I feel like we're going to come down to Boston and Toronto. I mean, Toronto had a bit of a like a little scare today with Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was hitting a bunch of threes, um, got up to a, like a 10 or 15-point lead on them, but they were able to come back. And then Boston, too, has just been clamping down on Philly. And yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like Boston is the team to beat the East because they got so many deep guys, even with the loss of Gordon Hayward. They do. I mean, I'm, I'm watching them right now. I mean, they <laughs> I mean, Philly has no depth on their team. And they, I mean, that was their problem last season, too. They just don't have the depth. And Boston has been a deep team. They have bench guys. They have gritty players that can come off the bench. Yeah. So and I, I mean. They got Philly Taco. Is, that dude is ridiculous. <laughs> that dude is absolutely ridiculous. Well, I, did you watch game one? Uh, so, no. Oh, okay. So, like, Joel Embiid, like, the first 15 minutes was pretty much carrying his own weight, and Philly was still in there. But then all of a sudden, Brett Brown kind of, like, took the ball out from his hands. And I was like, Right now, that's your only way of beating this team is if Embiid gets going down low and then sometimes hits a three because what? Al Horford's not going to. Al Horford's barely done anything. Josh Richardson's not really done much, and without Simmons there, Embiid's pretty much your dominant factor. I don't know why you take the ball out of his hands. <sighs> Tobias Harris. I mean, what what happened, dude? Just uh, gets that's paid what I'm trying to figure nothing. Out. That's what I'm trying to figure out, dude. It's, they bring him in. I mean, even last year. Last year was their year if they were going to make anything happen. I mean, they right. had all the freaking talent in the East with Butler, Harris, Embiid, and Simmons. I mean, I, I don't understand. JJ, too. Yeah. I, and, and even I know the Raptors were a really strong team, but in my mind, there's no way Philly should have lost to the Raptors. Even though they had Kawhi and they had Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. There's, or No, they didn't even have DeRozan. But no, it's... Uh, still, I, I, there was no way. Siakam. Yeah, there was no way Philly should have lost to them last year with all the talent Philly had. But again, it goes back to depth, and Philly just didn't have the depth. Nor the shooters either. 
Not JJ was mattered. the only shooter. Yeah, and they they couldn't shoot when it mattered. But do you see Boston really going far and potentially either upsetting Milwaukee? What are they? The three seeds, so they will have to play um, Toronto next round. Toronto wins. Ah oh, man, I mean Toronto is just deep too. You would think they would not be able to be right back where they are with Kawhi leaving, but somehow, some way, they made it um, out alive and <laughs> balling and killing teams. Yeah, they they played really well all season. So between Boston and Toronto, who do you think will have the upper edge in that one? <laughs> Probably Boston. I mean, I I just I think Boston is the stronger team out of the two. I mean, Kyle Lowry is still pretty good. Van Noy, I love that Van Noy guy. I think he's like a sneaky underrated player for Toronto. He he and, showed up last year in the playoffs. He showed up big time last year. He was knocking down threes. Mm-hmm. Now is he still on the bench, and it's just him and Lowry just rotating, or is yeah. it? Uh, oh, he, okay. I, I mean, that's so. a great six man to have. That's like a Ginobili style player right there. Yeah. Yep. He he makes big plays when they matter too, and that's the kind of guy you need all coming off the bench, especially in the playoffs. But I would I would think Boston too. I mean, Toronto's got a bit more size probably with Siakam. Like Siakam's an X factor. Siakam's dangerous. Do you think it would be Boston pretty easy against Toronto, or would it be like a full seven games? No, I don't. I don't think it would be easy. I, I think that if they were to meet, it would be a full seven games. Uh, they're very evenly matched. I, I mean, um, it would definitely be a full seven games, but I would give Boston the upper hand. Yeah, and one person we even talked about either is Kimba. Like, how big of a signing that was for Boston over Kyrie Irving. Huge. It was huge. But I mean, the I mean the way they, that they they foreplayed it. Um, Kyrie was just kind of like a, a nuisance in the locker room, and he wasn't much of a leader. And that, that yeah. kind of showed, you know, he just wasn't—he wasn't a leader. I, I mean, Kimba's just gelled in well with Brad Stevens' system, and he—he he was like a no-name in Charlotte, and now he's on this stage, and everyone's knowing how great he is. Well, he just—I mean, Charlotte was wasn't a good team, and they never got no. you know primetime games. And I mean, people knew who Kemba was. They knew what he was capable of, but they didn't. He never got to showcase it to everybody because the 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 Hornets were never on the big stage. Last time we saw Kemba on this big stage was in the March Madness. You remember that with UConn, cardiac Kemba? Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago, but you know, good for Kemba, man. If the if the Celtics make it to the playoffs and Kemba gets his shot, good for him. I mean, he deserves it. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, he came to Boston to win a championship because he knows there's talent there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder this season. He's playing with, and you know, that's giving them and Boston an edge. He just had to leave Jordan. That's what it came down to. Yeah, I mean, look, Jordan just wasn't giving him the right guys around him. Yeah. You know, they were, they, they for so long, they just haven't gone anywhere. Sucks for Charlotte. They have a cool court. That's all I got to say. That yeah, honeycomb gonna- court. Their, uni- their uniforms are nice too, but I mean, shit, get right. some good players. Bring some. You're Michael. You're Michael Jordan. Bring some attention to your city, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and Charlotte's a good city too. Do you think the Heat and the Pacers have any shot? No, no. They're no. strong. Not, no, not against Boston or uh, Toronto. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. 
But they could beat Milwaukee, though. I think so. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's very vulnerable right now. You know, I, I do. I think they're very vulnerable right now. Pretty much Miami. I think they are really good. I think they're like a year away if they get um, another tall piece in the middle. I mean, those guys can shoot from anywhere, dude. Even Jimmy Butler found his three-point shot last game, and Jimmy Butler's not really a three-point shooter. Mm-mm. But um, Adebayo, man, he, he can play. And then you also have uh, Dragic. Dragic just came in the zone this year and just like I think he averages like around like 20 points a game or something like that and he's really good and then also they have uh, Iguodala on the bench and he yep. plays like very valuable minutes Iguodala is a good piece to have coming off the bench I mean he's always been that kind of player yeah well, he might not he really put up points now games, but yeah he, he wanted to hold out with the Grizzlies and not call him a contender and yet the Grizzlies were in the bubble fighting for a playoff spot yeah so let's shift gears over to the Western Conference where it seems like it's going to be an L.A. Uh, showdown later, which everyone says that. But there's a lot of good teams out here with um, the Houston Rockets playing against the Thunder. J- James Harden's pretty much just a one-man show right now without Russell Westbrook, but and he's balling out really good. You got the Jazz and the Nuggets. Nuggets are a sleeper team, but the Jazz pretty much can match up with them. You also have the Trailblazers and the Lakers and the we can talk about that series right now because we said it before on one of the previous podcasts that the Lakers are vulnerable when it comes to guard play. And you have CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, you have to guard. And it showed last night that, you know, their Lakers are kind of lackadaisical when it comes to um, defense when it when the guards have the ball. So could Trailblazers really pull off an upset with the Lakers here? Or is this just like a one-game showing? The way I see it, um, I, I kind of want to take it back to Cleveland and Golden State in the finals um, when Cleveland was a, a one-man show with LeBron, um, mm-hmm. and they only won one game. So I'm not comparing it to that. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but LeBron can't do it all, obviously. And Anthony Davis, I mean, Anthony Davis hasn't been playing superstar-like. I mean, he's still playing. Yeah, what points. the hell? Yeah, he's still putting up points, but he's not playing like a superstar. And it's obvious in the first round of the playoffs, you're going to see who really wants it more. And Portland really wants it more. And it shows, man. And especially with guard play, like you said. I mean, who do they have? The Lakers. They have KCP and they have Alex Caruso. Those are not superstar guards. I mean, they still have J.R. Smith on the bench. But they're not using J.R. Smith. They, the, the Lakers need shooters. They don't have shooters. And that's where they're getting burned, man. They're, that's where they're getting burned, with the shooters and the guards. That's, that's what's going to lose yeah. them this first round. Danny Green went uh, 4 for 12 from the field, and then Kuzma was 5 for 14 and 1 from 5 from the field. They, they just – what I would do is I would put those two in the gym and just say, all right, 10 straight baskets, and then you can go home. They signed Danny <laughs> Green. They signed Danny Green to be their three-point specialist, and he hasn't done it. He hasn't, he's not, yeah. He's not getting hot. He's not shooting threes. It's, it's just it doesn't look good for the Lakers right now. It, it doesn't. It looks like it's the all-LeBron show again. LeBron put up a triple-double, too, in of game course, one. because they want him to have the ball. He I feel like he passes the ball way too much. LeBron's got to, you know – 
not worry about giving everyone the ball, just go out and win the game. He's got to be. He's got to have that Kobe mindset. He's yeah. Gotta have the, he's got to have the mama mentality. I mean, if Kobe felt like he should have the ball and Kobe felt like he had the hot hand, he shot the ball. He didn't pass the ball. Yeah. I mean, look at who they're playing against. They got the size advantage. They got size advantage over Nurkic. When it comes to Anthony Davis and LeBron, they should put up 30 points against this team because they got the size advantage. I mean, what? I saw on Whiteside, Nurkic. I mean, they at least got like three or four inches on him, maybe two or three realistically, but they just need to stop passing the ball to like these guards and just try to get them going. They should just get going themselves and put up 30 or 40. I mean, LeBron can shoot. You just can't hit free throws for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what it is with LeBron with them damn three throws, but it just seems like he's always like shaky and taking much time just to hit brick. Yeah, it's it's strange. Um, it is strange. I mean, granted, he's still putting up points. He's still playing like LeBron, but the free throws. I mean, those should be. He could. He should shoot those with his eyes closed. Yeah. Another guy we didn't even mention either was Carmelo Anthony for the Blazers. He's, I mean, he's he's a, he's a hidden gem. Very. And everyone thought he was done. Thought they were done with the OKC project. That didn't really work out over there. I I, th- I guess he just gels well with this Pacers team and how they play. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think uh, I think Carmelo is going to be like the next Vince Carter. He's going to, you know, how many seasons did Vince Carter play? Seventeen. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. Yeah, Melo's gonna Melo's gonna do the same thing, man. I mean, he's still got a lot of game left in him, and he's still playing well. He's still shooting the three ball. He's still a he's still a, a valuable factor for the, for the uh, very the valuable Blazers. Yeah. Do you see the Blazers winning this series or the Lakers like coming up? I do. And I, 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 I I do. I see the Blazers taking the Lakers. Um, to me, it's very much in the first round of the playoffs. Who wants it more? Who's hungrier? Yeah. And the Blazers obviously have that fire. They had it last year when they when they beat OKC. You know, it, it's <laughs> Damian Lillard gets hot. You're not. It's hard to stop him. It is. People forget that team was in the Western Conference Finals too. Exactly. You can't sleep on the Trailblazers, and they're not the team I'd want to play in the first round. Right. Maybe the second, would... maybe the second round, not the first round. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope for the Lakers. I think LeBron will watch this film and realize, hey, man, these guys are not going to get going for me. So I'm pretty much going to be doing my own thing, hopefully. Hopefully AD is going to be the same way. AD kind of has like a shot, but he does. kind of sketchy at times. Well, he needs to pick it up, man. He just needs to pick the pace up. I mean, trying to right. watch him rebound, watching him in the, in the paint, uh, he's not <laughs> – He's just, he doesn't look like he's giving it 100%. Anymore. He should not be losing rebounds to Whiteside at all. No, no, he shouldn't. And that's what I mean. I mean, he need, he's a big body. McGee, too. They got like three big bodies on that team. Yeah. I don't understand it. They need to step it up, and they need to, they need to turn it around in game two if they're going to have a shot. Because if they lose game two, I mean, I think that it's, I think that's it. Portland's just going to have all the momentum, and they're just going to run with it. <laughs> I don't know if you saw last night, but um, after Portland won, Charles Barkley had the broomstick out in the post game, was just sweeping the studio. He was like, I don't have to say anything. It's just yeah, sweet. <laughs> I saw. He won an Emmy, too. He won an Emmy for um, sports analyst, like entertainer analyst. 
Really? Yeah. I think Shaq should win an Emmy for entertainment. Him and Shaq is a great, great for television. It's, oh, it's hilarious to watch those. Should shows. do a reality TV show where they live in a cabin together in the woods. They'd kill each other. <laughs> well, we'll go we'll go to the next LA team because I'm kind of holding hope for the Lakers. I think it will go either six or seven in that series. But with with how Dame's playing right now, I don't know how you can I don't know how you can stop him. But the only way is you can outscore him. But we'll go to the Clippers side of things. The Clippers were pretty much everyone's uh, pick to go to the finals. They kind of struggled with the Mavs a little bit in game one. Luka Dantich had 45 points, and 30 of that was against Patrick Beverly. So Patrick Beverly being locked down defender, he's got some work to do. But you also have PG. You got Kawhi Leonard. You got Joakim Noah, who they signed in, um, in the middle of the season. This is a very deep team. With a lot of key pieces, do, do they live up to the hype of going to the finals and winning it potentially? Clippers in the finals. I mean, yeah, I can see them making it to the finals. I, I could see them coming out of the West. Um, I mean, as far as the Lakers have been playing, and who else? It's the Lakers, Clippers, and then who's the three seed? Houston. Houston, yeah. I mean, Houston's still playing really well, and honestly, I think they benefit from um, Westbrook not being in the, in there. I feel like they play well with each other, too. I feel like that's a good tandem with uh, Harden and Westbrook. I feel like what Harden kind of feeds off of Westbrook's dog mentality a little bit, and then he gets mm-hmm. going. I feel like they're just competing with each other to see who gets the higher points. I mean, they are still playing small ball, too. I mean, I don't know if that would take them to the finals. But, but yeah, if they if they would win their series against the Thunder, they would have to play the Clippers next. So I mean that would pretty much be the road. And then with the I think the Blazers beat the um the Lakers, then it kind of causes a little chaos up on the upper bracket. But I mean you got Marcus Morris, you got Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um Jackson. Noah didn't really play, but yeah, I mean, you got a lot of good pieces on this um, Clippers team, and Doc Doc Rivers coaches them really well. But they kind of struggle with the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks are a good series for them to kind of get the juices flowing into the playoff format because the Mavericks are a dangerous team uh, no matter what with uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, Kristaps is a good game until he's literally shoving somebody. I mean, this team could potentially make it to the finals. I feel like it would be down to the Rockets and the Clippers. I think the Clippers would pretty much take care of the Lakers if they met up in the finals in the Western Conference. Yeah, um, I mean, I know the I know the Mavericks. The Mavericks are going to put up a fight against the Clippers because the Mavericks are obviously a very talented team, but they're not going to beat the Clippers. Um, Luka Doncic can only do so much. Um, and the Clippers have the depth. They have Kawhi, Kawhi, clutch Kawhi. So if it's going to be a team out of the West, it's going to be the Clippers. Um, as far as a team that's going to come out of the East, uh, I honestly don't – I have no idea. I'm going to roll with Boston. It's going to be close. I think the East, the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be much closer than the Western Conference Finals. Right, so you you don't think anyone's pretty much stopping the Clippers? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think that anyone's going to stop the Clippers. Right, I think they're beatable. I don't think a team in the West is going to be able to beat them. 
maybe Houston if they get in a scoring match. I would say, I mean, yeah, Houston or, or honestly Portland. If, if Portland keeps this fire lit under them. I mean, if they can make – if Portland makes it past the Lakers and, I mean, yeah. <laughs> for some weird phenomenon, Portland and uh, the Clippers meet in the Western Conference Finals, I think it'll be a pretty good – it'll be a dogfight. I think it'll be a dogfight. I'm not going to forget about the Nuggets either because they got the Joker, and the Joker's a very hard uh, person to cover on defense. They got a dogfight against the Jazz right now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Jamal Murray, I mean, he hasn't been playing all that great. Well, he he had thirty six points in game one, so he did he did good. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell had fifty seven, which is a Jazz playoff record. And you think about the Jazz history, being able to beat out Stockton and Carl Malone—that's a pretty significant uh, record right there. And they have Gobert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, those two teams could. I feel like those two teams aren't really talked about as much, but. They would kind of match up with Portland pretty good. I think it was Denver and Portland last year that went to Game Seven, and Portland uh, beat them. I'm trying. To, I don't I'm trying to remember. I think it was because Denver ended up beating. Uh, who was it? It wasn't Utah, was it again? No, it wasn't Utah. I don't remember. Shoot, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. I mean, those two teams you shouldn't sleep on either. Jamal Murray is a good ple- good piece to have him. Didn't they have the other Mizzou kid, the Michael Porter guy? They have Michael Porter Jr., yeah, the Nuggets, yeah. He hasn't showed up, has he? He's been decent. I mean, he's he came um, he came from the Bulls. Um, he's been solid. He's playing a lot better here than he did in uh, Chicago. He's got some good pieces around him, but... I that I don't know, Grant man. Too. I mean, I, I don't think the Nuggets are the team, the same team they were last year. Right. I mean, it would very much help them if they were playing home court right now with that altitude out there. Yeah, the home court's gonna <laughs> that's gonna play a big role. But for some reason, they're they're like scoring 120, 130 a game, so maybe they're benefiting from being on a lower altitude than being in Denver. Well, could be. It's possible. I mean, but that's why I say I think Orlando um, could 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 win that series against um, Milwaukee. Yeah, you know, against Milwaukee. I mean, because they're playing in Orlando, technically it's home court advantage for them. Um, but I don't know, man. Everything is kind of weird and wacky, and I'm I, I I like these one and eight seed battles right now. Yeah, they're they're spectacular. Anything can happen in this bubble. We've seen it. Yeah, I mean, who predicted the Suns to go eight and zero? Exactly. I tell you what, though, I was really rolling on the Suns when it came to gambling. I, I they covered every single spread, which they haven't done in franchise history, which was incredible. But all right, so you're gonna roll with the Clippers, and then to to be determined, pretty much, right? <laughs> as far as in the East, all right, I'll make a prediction. I'll yeah. say the Clippers. I'll say the Clippers out of the West, and I'm gonna say Boston out of the East. Damn you! That was mine. Well, you gotta change yours now. Uh, yeah, I'll change it. I'll go with Toronto then. I'll go with <laughs> Toronto getting back and forth, getting back to the promised land. I mean, I was right last year with Golden State and Toronto, so might as well. Yeah, we'll see. 
So you'll think the Clippers will win the chip? If I were to choose between the two, honestly, I think Boston would, would win. Boston. I feel like that would be the best matchup for the Clippers, too. Those are pretty two deep teams. I think I, I think put a future on that. I, I, I think it's a good prediction. Uh, the Clippers and, and the Celtics in the finals and Boston winning it. So that that's my prediction. All right. I'll, I'll go with the Clippers and I'll go with Toronto then just to play devil's advocate against your pick because one of us has to be right. It can't be both of us. So I will go with – you know what? I'll, I'll jump on the wagon. I'll go with the Clippers winning it. So you're going to yeah. go Clippers winning it? Yeah, which will be the cap for 2020 because, what, the Clippers have been irrelevant for 50-something years. Just like them winning the championship just seems kind of odd to do because no one roots for them. The Clippers? Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's a L.A. Laker town. It's Laker town yeah. for a reason. Yeah, I mean, they've always been in the shadow <laughs> of the Lakers, but, I mean, if they <laughs> – it, it, it's, if Kawhi goes to that team and wins them another championship with LeBron in town, I mean that that would that would be pretty damn incredible. And you'd have to you'd have to say Kawhi and LeBron. I mean, as far as top three players in the top three of all time go, you have to put Kawhi with LeBron if that's the case. I think you would have to um, make a case that Kawhi has a better legacy than LeBron. Then. Ooh, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, think about it. He he goes to San Antonio, wins a chip there. Pretty much is a lockdown. One of the sole reasons why they won that championship was him guarding against LeBron when he was on the Heat. Ends the Heat dynasty. Goes to Toronto. Ends the Golden State Warriors dynasty. Then goes to the Clippers. And the Lakers were supposed to be favored because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis and just stomps them. I mean, you would have to make that argument. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Not nah, Dame time all the way. Dame time to the finals. No, nah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, put up a 70-point game and be like, what? <laughs> Honestly, if he wants to make it to the finals, he's going to have to put up 40, 40 points a, a game. I mean, I could see them beating the Lakers in this first round, but after that, it's, it's going to be tough. He'll have to put up a, a Kobe game, 81 points against the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be. Um, I was trying to think of a clever way to put it, but I can't think. All right, well, guys, that's all the time we have for this special NBA playoffs kind of preview. I guess you want to say it. It's kind of halfway through the first round or quarter way through the first round, and so we'll kind of say it's a bit of a preview. So, thanks for joining us. If you have any comments about who's winning the NBA Finals, let us know. Leave a comment down below of this podcast. Let us know what you think. Let us know do the Lakers have a chance. Let us know if it's going to be Dame time all the way to the Finals or who's going to win the East. Is Milwaukee in trouble? So, go ahead. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Bench Bros Sports and follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros. Also, go ahead and follow our website, BenchBrosSports.com for the latest podcast and blogs. So go ahead, check that out. Scroll to the bottom. You can hit the follow button. Um, We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services. We keep you up to date on everything. So anything happening with the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, the MLB season right now, which, I mean, everyone's just winning games and it's been wacky in the MLB. So follow us on all our social pages for the latest news and breaking news, especially if any college football leagues cancel anymore. So again, 
Thank you for listening. Brandon, you have any last thoughts on uh, playoff basketball or the playoff bubble? Uh, it's just painful to watch my Sixers uh, play so badly. <laughs> I mean, it uh, is. I'm, I'm watching them right now. I mean, they're, they're, Boston is grabbing all their offensive rebounds. I mean, they're not even putting up a fight. They got their twos in. Yeah, like they're not even putting up a fight right now. <laughs> hey, better luck next year, right? Yeah, RIP Philly. <laughs> all right. I, I must explain. That was Brandon Farrell. We'll see you uh, next time on Bench Bros. That's the show. We out. Bye.